0: Now, quick last question: If I murder someone with a Fernet Bronco, coin, <laughs> you acquire the I, power. Do I acquire their Fernet Bronco coin as yeah. their rightful uh, killer? I mean, I, I assume so. Yeah, I
1: okay. assume so.
0: That's probably easier. Probably
1: it's probably like the Jet Li movie, the one, and that mm. every person that you kill with a Fernet Bronco coin, you you exponentially increase the value of it.
0: I'm gonna get so many Fernet coins. <laughs>
2: I got a brand new sweetie, better than the no one before, oh, she's got everything and a little
0: bit more. Hello, and welcome back to Everyday Drinking. I am Julia Haste. I'm joined my, by my illustrious co-host, uh, Callum Marsh, uh, and we've been away for a little while, have we not?
1: We have, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's not been so much everyday drinking uh, mm. as a well, late. I mean, we've well, we been, been
0: we've been drinking every day, but, <laughs> but not it's recording not been it. not recording.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, we of course um we took some time off in deference to uh the Black Lives Matter movement and mm-hmm. um and uh you know, we we obviously support uh Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. and uh support defunding and abolishing the police and,
0: mm-hmm. uh, and uh, wrote a pretty fantastic article to that end. Um, uh, yeah, it had it. nothing
1: to do with cocktails, but um mm-hmm. no better cocktail than
0: Justice. <laughs> I was gonna say that's the opposite. With, oh.
1: Yes. Yeah, sure. The, <laughs> one the, part the path one to part justice. justice.
0: One part justice. One okay. part. Let's now, die. this is Do metaphor this. is
1: not tracking. But we nope. also we were on holiday. Um mm. I, I took some vacation time mm-hmm. and uh, we took a
0: great big cruise. <laughs> we did not. Take <laughs>
1: we were now sequestered on the cruise ship. We no, no. decided to go uh, backcountry camping, mm-hmm. and we were out in the Kawartha Lakes in Ontario.
0: Yeah, literally uh, on our, own island, in, uh, on our as, own island, about as about as socially distanced as uh, or distanced as a human can get. That's right. And mm-hmm.
1: while there. Um, Julia, why don't you tell us about some of the cocktails that we had on this journey?
0: Oh, wow. Well, um, there was the cocktail of uh, beans and overcooked bacon that we had uh, for most mornings. There was the uh, cocktail, I think the the main cocktail that we had other than drinking uh, straight gin out of a plastic water bottle. And boxed wine. Yeah, and boxed wine, tons of boxed wine. Uh, we had a little, like, take on a gimlet, which was that I had some maple syrup from the breakfast, uh, department, mm-hmm. um, along with a bottle of, uh, concentrated lime juice and then our, uh, our trusty kind of protein shake bottle full of gin, um, and we managed to get a pretty good cocktail out of that.
2: Yeah.
1: You made um, a whiskey sour, too, right? In the oh, same yeah. Sort of way. With
0: the exact same thing. Yeah. Instead, just but whiskey, whiskey instead of gin. Yeah. We
1: brought two very large bottles, um, plastic, sort of plastic water bottles full of gin and whiskey and rye whiskey. Mm-hmm. And uh, my plan was to drink them straight out of the bottle like a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as babies <laughs> as do. Babies do. Uh, and your idea was to make cocktails, which is why I love you. And that's and that's the best part oh, about that.
0: Jeez. Oh, well, you know, I think after like day three, day four, I'm getting pretty sick of swigging lukewarm and or maybe even warm. Yes.
1: And naturally the whiskey. second that we got back to dry land, I made for you a last word, your oh, favorite.
0: It was so epic. We, I mean, I've never been so dirty and bitten in my entire, like bug bitten in my entire life. And, uh, there was a bit of a, a, traveling, uh, snafu where you got back probably about 45 minutes before I did, mm-hmm. cause there was car rental stuff to take care of. And, uh, and I basically walked in the door and you were freshly showered and you literally, I came to like embrace you and you were like, don't touch me. I'm clean. <laughs> and then, but you were like, but get in the tub and I will make you a cocktail. And I don't think that you could have said anything that would have made me more happy and, uh, you know, hearts for eyes in that moment. Perfect. It was pretty That's, wonderful. That
1: was what I was going for. Right.
0: But this week we are not um, are we're not featuring the lukewarm gin and lime juice and leftover maple syrup cocktail, Gimlet. Uh, we are featuring a different one. And would you like to tell us about it, uh, Callum?
1: Yeah. Today we are talking about um, a cocktail that I I think I really wanted to do at the very, very beginning of the podcast and then forgot to do. And then we didn't have the ingredients to, to make. Um, but it's the Stinger. The Stinger, uh, it's absolutely one of my favorite cocktails. Uh, cocktail I order with with great frequency and often to the surprise of the bartenders making it because I think the Stinger is ex- extremely well-known. Like any every bartender knows what a Stinger is. Uh, but I think very, very, very few people order them. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I tend to order them, people are a little bit like, The people I'm with are often like, "What the? What are you doing?" I think even Mm -hmm. on one of our first dates, we went to uh, the bar at Aloe, Mm -hmm. and I ordered a Stinger as I as I tend to do. Oh, did you? Yeah, and uh, and Robin Robin Kaufman, who is the head bartender at the bar at Aloe, um, you know he loves to make those. In fact, I think he specifically he likes to make a top shelf version, Mm -mm. which means he likes to use uh, like a VSOP cognac. Um, So I'll get into that, but. The point is, uh, Stinger, really simple cocktail. It's just two ingredients. It's brandy and or cognac and creme de menthe. So you can see why we had not (laughs) had these things lying around. Uh, We had to go on an expedition this weekend to a liquor store further away that actually carried creme de menthe. Mm -hmm. I know it's not that rare. It's not like a crazy, bizarro ingredient, but... Weirdly, the liquor stores near us did not have it.
0: Yeah, it's been a bit of a saga trying to find it. It's been
1: difficult to find. Which was
0: unexpected, but it's also not the most in-high-demand ingredient either.
1: No, and and in fact, this is an interesting thing about the Stinger, is creme de menthe is like a ubiquitous thing. It's all over the place, and Mm -hmm. they have this, we're holding it here in my hands, but this McGuinness creme de menthe, uh, which you'll see, you know, you've probably seen it a million times on on store shelves. Uh, There really is no other serious cocktail that uses creme de mint like i can't mm. think of a single i mean there, there's there are other obscure cocktails or other fancy new cocktails that might involve creme de mint, but no classic staple cocktail that is still popular that uses creme de mint
0: mm. mm-hmm. which means
1: we'll probably have this bottle for a really long time
0: i mean maybe <laughs> i mean i love i mean you know i love mint it does kind of seem like the kind of thing like i feel like if i went to jeff goldblum's house he'd be like oh would you like a creme de minthe? And yeah, I, I mean, like, you can like, drink
1: it as an aperitif, sure. Yeah. And uh, he wouldn't,
0: like, he would not ask, do you want a drink? He'd be like, I can <laughs> I get you a, ooh, Grim de
1: This is obviously a fantasy you've gone over before. hmm.
0: But what's the, isn't
1: there also, correct me if I'm wrong, you might know this more as a bartender, but there's like a really common shot called a polar bear. Oh,
0: right? yeah. I, I don't, I, thankfully, I've never worked in a bar, I've never worked in a bar where someone would order a stinger, and I've never <laughs> worked in a bar that, uh, when someone would order a polar bear. And I feel like those are two very different bars that are, like, at the opposite ends of, like, like polar opposite bars, um, so to speak. Polar opposites. Uh, but,
1: uh... Yeah, I yeah, I no, it's no. I, I seem to recall that it's, like, creme de menthe and creme de cacao.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. a chocolate mint it's kind like of chocolate,
1: thing. It's, like, Or maybe Bailey's or something. Whatever it is. Or Kahlua. Mm,
0: not Kahlua. I think, like, it's definitely chocolate and mint. Yeah. And, and maybe some vodka in there as the well. The only,
1: like, I never really did that. In college, like I, I was already drinking a little bit too pretentiously to to drink shots like that. But I do mm-hmm. remember going uh, to a bar in Montreal when I was there for a film festival. I was uh, being shown around to some very fancy and really high end restaurants by a friend of mine, Justine Smith. She's a, a film critic in Montreal. And on we had a reservation with a bunch of people at a, res, a restaurant that we ultimately had like a full absinthe set where mm-hmm. it pours over the you know the sugar cube. Right. So very very fancy. Prohibition style cocktails. But prior to going there, we had uh I guess aperitifs. Aper- at a bar across the street that was like a full blown college bar, and their menu of cocktails was actually a menu of shots. Mm. And the shots were of the sort that you know, the fuzzy nipple yep. sorts of cocktails. Like I are shots. I can't think of other examples, but they're all basically mm-hmm. called like porn the fuzzy star. nipple, porn star, whatever. Yeah. And it's all it's all like sour and whatever malibu yeah. like just the shit that you would never ever yeah. drink in a million years yeah
0: and it's a perfect scam because it's all the cheapest liqueurs and they're all also low like alcohol, low alcohol yeah. so you're actually having a shot of like basically a 20 percent <laughs> but I,
1: shot. I seem to recall these were like two dollars or something completely yeah this was cheap. in
0: the states you're in saying? montreal oh in montreal okay that less so because i feel like drinking in the states is a lot is, less is is a cheaper. lot cheaper in yeah. endeavor yeah
1: you're not gonna get a two dollar shot in ontario
0: no unlikely no
1: well, in any case, the stinger, mm-hmm. uh, it sadly does not have creme de cacao in it. There's mm-hmm. no mint chocolate flavor, but it does have mint. Uh, it has a has delicious creme de menthe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I, I'll walk you through it. I'll make you one right now.
0: Heck yeah, please. please so
1: please, please. to begin with, uh, you get your two martini glasses, as you can see here. <laughs> it's sometimes made on the rocks uh, in a rocks right. glass. Right. It's also sometimes made with crushed ice, mm-hmm. um, like a mint julep almost. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's garnished typically with a mint sprig, so I think that's the connection with the, the mint julep style. But I would prefer to have it in a martini glass.
0: Right. And we're uh, rocking our kind of real housewives of Atlanta yeah, kind of uh, martini glasses that are bedazzled on the, the handle and are right. fabulous.
1: Which we showed off previously on this podcast while making drinks with Paul Feig.
0: That's correct.
1: Um, <laughs> we've also got our, uh, instead of a Boston shaker, I have here um, a, Sip, a Sipsmith branded, Sipsmith gin branded. Um, I don't know what you call this, like a, a stir, a stirring glass.
0: I forget glass. what this is called. Yeah, um, but yeah.
1: just a large glass that's that's not a shaker, but that you mm-hmm. that you can stir drinks with. I've filled it with ice already. And what I'm going to do, if you wouldn't mind holding this for one moment for me, and this as well, oh. is, it's we're a little cramped in here. Yep. Is take your base ingredient, which is some absolutely amazing, as Gordon Ramsay would say, <laughs> the most amazing. Cognac. Uh, We currently have the Hennessy Masters Blend Selection Number
2: Three.
1: This is a really phenomenal cognac. Um, As I said, you can use brandy if you so wish. Um, I would recommend using a cognac, and I would recommend using uh, at least, you know, yeah, you get like an XO or a VSOP, something nice, um, because it's a cocktail that really is really cognac forward. And uh, it's really delicious, and it, it really fla- it, it shows the flavor of the cognac nicely. So we mm-hmm. got this Mas- Masters Blend Hennessy, very top shelf, and we're gonna do two and a half ounces. Wow, of this cognac. So that's one and a half. Mm-hmm. And let's
0: call that two. Mm-hmm. Gonna you're gonna do that times two. Double right? that up. Thank you. And, whoop, oh, shit, no. it <laughs> a little bit on my pants. Ugh. Talk about first world problems. I spilled uh, my... my cognac all over my designer jeans.
1: There goes <laughs> that. Um, take this from me. Mm-hmm. Where's the lid for that? Mm-hmm. Pop that back in. Mm-hmm. Smells fucking amazing. Juliet's tried taking a shot from the cognac bottle. Yeah. I've been gr- I slowly working my way through this as a as a last kind of nightcap um in pretty much in bed
0: yeah you're all about the i love the night yeah uh, which is punctuated bedtime. by the fact we usually watch episodes of the simpsons while you have your uh well, i like it better if nightcap i say right yeah
1: uh so we then take this most beautiful amazing creme de menthe again <laughs> it's mcginnis brand oh and just to be clear there's a green creme de menthe, and there's a white creme de menthe. You want mm-hmm. white creme de menthe. If you make this with green, it will look ridiculous. Yeah. You do not want to do that. And you're going to be making, uh, it's, it's a three to one recipe typically, mm-hmm. which means uh, basically we're going to be using about three quarters of an ounce of mm-hmm. this. So I'm going to fill this all the way for, for
0: one and a half mm-hmm. and add that. You have passed your fractions test.
1: Yes. And that is using a comically small amount of this humongous bottle of creme de menthe.
0: <laughs> we will have. <laughs> that we will have we
1: forever, for all time. We don't even really have cognac that often in the house. Uh, and taking this uh, stir stick, which is actually mm-hmm. our our tis our tingstall brand stir stick, Paul Feig's gin from when he joined us, uh, give us a nice stir.
0: Mm-hmm. I wonder if this is the first time anyone's made a stinger while inside of a closet.
1: Uh, maybe a few actors in 1930s Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get into the history of this. It hasn't actually it doesn't have a queer history. I don't know why I implied that it did, but mm. it's uh, it has Oh, an old I see Hollywood. what you're going with that. <laughs> it's a very subtle queer yeah. that I missed there. <laughs> uh, okay, we're going to put that down. We got this here to strain it.
2: So you take that. And yes,
1: you take that. You take that and we will pour this directly in <laughs> right on top of my iPad Pro mm-hmm. so that if it spills, <laughs> we'll be in trouble.
0: It'll be the classiest accident that uh, anyone's ever had with their iPod. Yeah,
1: I'm going go uh-huh. to go to Apple Care and say, look, spilled my cognac stinger all over my iPad. Okay, um, we're going slowly here. Mm-hmm. Straining this nicely. Could
0: mm-hmm. alternately put the strainer inside of the glass.
1: Yeah, it's a little large for that though.
0: Mm. Is that about even? Yeah, yeah I'd say so. It's o- pretty good. A little more in there. Yeah, sure.
1: And there's that. ave voila! Mm. This is your singer. Now, like I said, you can garnish this if you prefer. I'll see if
0: there's anything in my closet that I can garnish it with. A
1: fresh sprig of mint. Yeah. Probably not in the closet, but...
0: A fresh um, used uh, shower curtain. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I could do that, too. And here you are. Cheers. Cheers.
0: Oh, that is delightful.
1: Now, what do you think of
0: that? Oh, my God. It really is so nice.
1: Now, just now tasting this. This is a really... um, strong, intense cognac that we're using Mm
0: -hmm.
1: could probably stand to even have a little bit more creme de menthe. Um, but you know, Mm. use your discretion. I think it's excellent as is.
0: Yeah. I think it takes the edge off of the, uh, off of the cognac and gives it a little bit of a refreshing twist. I think it's a perfect kind of ratio to be honest.
1: Yeah. So the taking the edge off is kind of the exact idea behind this cocktail. Like this is a cocktail that originates at the turn of the century, Um, In the last decade of the 19th century, there was apparently a huge craze in the U.S. for creme de menthe. Mm -hmm. People were going nuts for creme de menthe, and they made a ton of cocktails with it. And part of the reason that it was so popular to use was that if you had a poor-tasting whiskey or -hmm. a poor-tasting brandy, uh, the creme de menthe would mask the flavor somewhat. And so uh, people would be preferring to use this in areas where they had a low-quality whiskey Mm -hmm. or cognac. Now, obviously we're using a very high quality cognac. Uh, And like, as I said, it brings out the flavor. It doesn't just mask it. It's not like you're saying, well, this Hennessy's not good enough. Mm -hmm. Let's mask it with some creme de menthe, but it it complements it very nicely. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a a cocktail that preceded this that a lot of people say is sort of the origin It's called the Judge. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Judge cocktail was brandy, simple syrup, and creme de menthe. It's very similar, obviously um and around that time as well th- th- this is a cocktail you know we've gone over this kind of thing many times but cocktail with a lot of mysterious um origins apocryphal origin stories competing legends um it, it really really quickly became popular um at the turn of the century as a society drink mm-hmm. and was greatly favored by the upper classes and as a result it was so strongly associated with with the rich, that it actually became known as a cocktail that was invented by the Vanderbilts, um, which there's no real reason to believe <laughs> that it was. Right. Um, it was a cocktail that that people who were really really wealthy uh, greatly enjoyed making cocktail parties. Um, there is a, there's like a, a well known Vanderbilt um, variation on the cocktail in which you add a, a splash of absinthe. I've never done this, but I could, it makes perfect sense. You can mm-hmm. kind of see. Absolutely. A little absinthe thrown in there.
0: Yeah. Like a little bit of kind of like um, star anise flavor in there. Too. Yeah. That'd
1: be great. Really just kind of round it out. Yeah. Um, you do you do occasionally go to cocktail bars where they have some variation on a stinger. I think because a stinger is a little bit simple, it's just two ingredients. Mm-hmm. You'll sometimes see, I think there's one that's got amaretto in it as well. Um, and there are other variations that are that are re- relatively um, well known or, or you'll see around. Uh, but the classic stinger. hmm was hugely, hugely popular. It was ubiquitous up until Prohibition. It was just like a a normal cocktail that was on every menu. And then during Prohibition, it became enormously, enormously popular for two reasons. One, Mm -hmm. again, because during Prohibition, the whiskey coming in was fairly low quality. Right. And two, because you weren't allowed to drink, the creme de menthe would hide the flavor and scent of alcohol on your breath. Yeah, so... It was really really well-liked because uh, you would not necessarily be known to have been drinking.
0: Right. You'd just be stumbling around and be like, good evening, officer. I thought I'd brush my teeth and go for a walk.
1: Exactly. It still clearly is... It clearly reeks of alcohol. But it was thought to Mm -hmm. mask the alcohol breath. Uh, Yeah. And so the other thing, too, is really well-known cocktail um, and really well-admired cocktail at that time. But not traditionally consumed as a cocktail and this is something that you'll see like every time you read about the singer this is mentioned that uh originally it was consumed as a digestive hmm. so this would be considered a, a classy after dinner drink obviously if you think about the mint connotations whether yes. it's like an after eight mint or like a mint flavored digestive we've been drinking a lot of the
2: um
0: the
1: Minta, which it's an absolutely amazing. Bronca, you know, Fernet Bronca. Mm-hmm. They make... Well, I'll just tell the story. Julia and I were walking around town recently, and uh, we ran by... What was it? An art gallery? Like an Yeah, a former, former... Not art. an abandoned well, not art
0: gallery.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no longer it was taken over by
0: vagrants who had nothing in their possession but a... Several cases of Branca. Menta. These guys
1: had taken over. It was like a pop up in an art gallery, and mm-hmm. they were selling uh, liqueur and liqueur, and and particularly selling Amaro. Mm-hmm. And I walked in because I saw a huge display of what I thought was Fernet Branca, because mm-hmm. I that bottle is so iconic to me, and I love Fernet Branca. It's like my favorite thing in the world. And uh, I said, I said to the guy, I, I was drawn in by the appearance mm-hmm. of uh, Fernet Branca, and he said, No, it's not Fernet Branca. Branca Menta, which is The allegedly the unicorn of the Amaros, Uh, it's really difficult to get. You can't get it at the liquor store here. Uh, They claim to have purchased the entire province's supply from Mm -hmm. their supplier. So they had dozens and dozens of bottles. And I bought one, and it's phenomenal, and I'm addicted to it. Perfect Digestive Mm -hmm. has a really, really lovely, rich mint flavor. Absolutely. You seem too close to objecting to this.
0: No I it's delicious it absolutely is but I have a slightly uh alternative facts <laughs> version of the story or not an alternative facts but um uh, my take on that was slightly different because I feel like there's a little there might be a little bit of uh controversy here because there's a really beloved bar just like two doors down that was selling broncomenta like for a very long time beforehand, and I remember because um, this uh, this bar was had they're very fun, kind of cheeky in their branding and all that kind of stuff, and uh, and they were selling Broncomenta on their website. I had noticed it uh, like literally like less than a week earlier. They had it list- listed on their website, and I remember it because the description. Uh, was like fernet but worse,
2: mm. and
0: uh, and I just thought that was really funny. So when I saw it, I was like, oh, this other bar has that too. And they were like, no, they don't. We have all of it. And I was like, oh. And then I was like, no, they do. And then I went on their website, and it was like all sold out. And I was like, oh, these guys friggin' like saw something that people wanted that was like gaining popularity. No, they
1: seem pretty into it. They were all. They were oh yeah,
0: absolutely. Like I don't, I'm, think I don't really doubt, doubt it. Never
1: heard of it before.
0: No, I don't. I don't think that they just saw it on that website, but I think that they just like. May, might have noticed that it was gaining popularity in other uh avenues and other people were selling it and they're like we're mm. going to buy all of it. And so I wonder, I'm speculating, but I wonder if there's some like drama there of them like buying it all up cuz they the other bar like a door down had been fairly successfully selling it up to like a couple days earlier. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a it's a doggy dog world out there. And it is delicious. It is very delicious. It's great. Yeah, mm. and, and, and I don't mean to stir up No, no, of course,
1: of course. Well, in keeping with that that mint flavor, you know, we have this creme de menthe, which is um, you would not drink that with as much pleasure.
0: No. Uh, no, I think it would be pretty syrupy.
1: I, I think this would be great as an after-dinner cocktail. Uh, mm-hmm. It's definitely shifted over time to become just a normal cocktail. I like to order one before dinner um, in place of a martini and I think it's really refreshing. It's a really uh, bracing cocktail. It has a, mm-hmm. It's a very, very... Um, well, I mean, of course, the, the name itself Um, is a boxing term, you know, Mm. stinger, as in like a jab, Mm -hmm. a punch to the head. Ah. Uh, So it has that that reputation for being kind of a very bracing cocktail that the mint and the cognac is very intense. Um, My my association with it kind of early on, even though it's really not a well-known cocktail in the last 20 years, um, was more in the vein of like a rusty nail, or Mm. even a Manhattan, I suppose, where it's very boozy Mm -hmm. and perhaps favored by old men, right. <laughs> as opposed to by a young, hip, sex-in-the-city-watching <laughs> crowd, yeah. uh, it obviously does not have a lot of sex appeal in the sense that it's very strongly mint-flavored. Mm. And although oh. that's refreshing mm-hmm. and breath-freshening, it's very, very, very flavorful, and mm. your breath smells very strongly of it afterwards. Uh, much in the way that my favorite Gibson is also often considered a bad date drink because it has onions in it.
0: Well, I was going to say this makes a very good date drink. It,
1: it like again, it's like brushing your teeth, but mm-hmm. that's strong. So some people may object to that. Mm. And again, it's creme de menthe. It's not exactly uh, Colgate. It's mm. it's a it's a liqueur. It's a liqueur. It's a very sugary liqueur. Right. Uh, I would probably not substitute that for actually brushing your teeth, but no. Great cocktail either way. Mhm. So Yeah, so this is a cocktail. Its peak in popularity was really the 1920s. And when the Great Depression hit, maybe not so much because, Mm. again, it's associated with the upper classes. Um, It it appears in a lot of films, a lot of classic Hollywood films. You know, there's films with Cary Grant drinking them. Mm. Um, They're famously drank. There's a famous scene in The Apartment where Shirley MacLaine and Jack Lemmon drink them. I think there's actually a scene where they... They are driving a cab or in a cab drinking Mm. them and uh yeah so it's got that kind of reputation bit of a party drink bit of a swanky uh, golden age drink
0: absolutely i can see it having that i almost want to speculate on the name of it as well in that i find this to be a very smooth like refreshing drink that i could drink fairly comfortably it does have a pretty strong flavor but it's not boozy in the way that you have... If you have, like, a Manhattan or something like that, or a mar- martini where it's, like, really, really booze-forward, I feel like the, the mint does a pretty good job of masking the flavor of the alcohol. And so my hypothesis would be that it's called a stinger because it's, like, a sneak attack. Like, mm. you're just having it, and it feels perfectly lovely, and you're, like, all of a sudden you're trashed. Yeah, that's
1: fair. Yeah. I think if you gave this to someone who didn't really drink seriously, they would probably find it too strong.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. I am no judge on that front. As,
1: as opposed to... A really fruity cocktail, or the milk punch, for example.
0: Right. Whereas you know, up till a couple days ago, we were swigging straight, warm, straight (laughs) out of plastic bottles. So we are no (laughs) people to judge on
1: that. Uh, It it also has beyond its associations with uh, high society. Hmm. It has a a strong history with the Air Force as well. Oh wow! Pilots love uh, the Stinger for the same reason, allegedly, the masked flavor. I mean, Fabulous. I don't mean like commercial airline pilots. I mean like military pilots. Ah. Uh, you know, gotcha. they're now They they're gotta drinking. get up their courage. Yeah, they yeah. gotta get their courage up. Um, I'm assuming that sort of like a, you know, World War II, Korean War type type pilots, the guys who are out there trying to get their, their kills.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, they gotta have a few drinks before they get up there.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess you're not terribly... Co- well, never mind. I won't get into the, the, the danger <laughs> aspects of that. We won't go... Super have you far. seen the only angels have wings? I have not.
1: This is like maybe my favorite movie of all time. What? It's definitely like top five.
0: I thought it was *Bridges of Madison County*.
1: That's also top five. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a Cary Grant uh, film, and uh, Howard Hawks directed it, and it's about pilots in the war, and they they have sort of like an encampment, mm. and they occasionally go on missions, and half the movie is them on these perilous missions where they barely, you know, there's cloud cover, and they they can mm. there's hugely dangerous flights and the other half is them getting completely shit <laughs> and drinking and dancing with pianos and uh, i think
0: that's basically what it was like for pilots all the time right i am picturing since it's cary grant and it's like <laughs> old hollywood i'm literally picturing them in an airplane being like the enemies are coming at us quick shake up a cocktail and like and getting out like the it's martini not shaker. it's not
1: a screwball comedy uh, no i it's... know
0: you did tell me about this now that once you said cary grant to refresh my memory yes time, and i do recall it and i do want to watch it
1: Oh yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I'm 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 thinking that's. I mean, also, like if you read about even later on than that, if you read uh, like the right stuff mm. about you know Chuck Yeager and all the all the pilots that were like breaking land speed records and flying and like driving and flying in the alkaline flats and like mm-hmm. became the first astronauts, those guys were like major alcoholics. Yeah, like those guys were like flying the, They were like breaking the sound barrier for the first time and then going to get absolutely shit faced um like in the local bar. So I think there's just like a strong association between pilots right and and boozing.
0: Well, that's understandable. I feel like I could bre- break a land speed record <laughs> right now. Like I feel like I could do anything.
1: Yeah, you're exactly. I exactly. Feel like I could fly. <laughs> it's bracing. This yeah. is what you would want to have if you were about to go into combat, I think. Absolutely. Uh yeah, I I um I also could not help but mention that uh of course one of the most famed References you may know to the stinger, which I always think of, and I can't help, cannot help but sing it every time I think of one or have one, is uh, The Ladies for Lunch from Stephen Sondheim's oh, yeah. company.
0: And will you sing that for us now? I won't sing it.
1: I was hoping that you would. Um,
0: Cheers to the ladies lunch. <laughs> Wow,
1: is that Elaine Strix in here?
0: <laughs> Wait, no, it's like, ah, fuck, do it again. I can do it. No, I can do it. We did watch the company uh, documentary yeah, the, a little yes, while ago. Yes, the Penny
1: Baker do- company documentary. Rise! But, so, but yes, yeah, so there's... Sorry. It's <laughs> dead on.
0: Mm-hmm, thank you.
1: You know, there's the line... and It's actually vodka stinger that she talks about, mm. um, which is not a drink I know that much about, but I assume it's just vodka and creme de menthe. Yep. Uh, the point being, and this is salient because Ladies Who Lunches is a parody of society women in the 1960s, mm-hmm. and so uh, the fact that they... Are drinking vodka stingers? I, you know, is meant to suggest that that's a very uh, high society drink, as we saw in yeah. the 1920s,
0: and a little bit dated as well. Like, you well, yeah, in the 60s yeah. or whatever. Well,
1: sure, because they're a bit, they're a bit out of it. But they're also culture vultures, and they're consuming these things without really caring about them, and they're mm-hmm. very superficial.
0: Right. So it makes even more of a statement than you realize, because yes. it's like people that are trying to do the classy thing that would have been the classy thing 30 years prior.
1: Well, you'll and you'll also read that the vodka st- or the sorry, just the stinger generally went hugely out of fashion in the nineteen seventies and eighties. And you can't help but wonder if if Stephen Sondheim just did not eviscerate the reputation of the singer with that song and uh-huh. it never recovered. Mm. Because this is a cocktail I'm like, if you if you look up the stinger, you know, as we, as we did when we were researching this, um, you'll see occasional articles about the stinger Uh, written by, you know, probably guys like me who (laughs) discover it and then are like, I'm going to write about this. Uh, And every time they write about it, it's from the perspective of like, man, this really is not popular and no one likes this. (laughs) And every time you see an interview with a bartender or they'll talk to any cocktail bartender and they'll be like, yeah, I never make one. I think they saw an article where they talked to some bartender in New York who was like, I've made two of these in t- 10 years.
0: Well, and when you were saying, oh, every bartender knows how to make one, but they never do. I was like, I was going to argue, no, not every bartender knows how to make one. I would say every if you went to a cocktail, cocktail butter, bar. When I say,
1: just to, for future record, if I say every bartender, I mean every like, bartender at a serious cocktail bar.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I hate to use the word mixologist, but this is why they yeah. use that word. Because
0: I worked at a pretty decent, it's it's a kind of an, an everyman bar. And and restaurant, like they're not a cocktail bar, but they are fairly well-versed, like they have a pretty solid, uh, you know, uh, aperitif and liqueur and liquor uh, cabinet, but I don't think that they have creme de menthe. Well, I I
1: think the issue is not them not having creme de menthe though, because a lot of bars have creme de menthe for these reasons we've Mm -hmm. discussed. Yeah, but we do have,
0: we do have cognac, but we don't have brandy, weirdly enough. I think because well, we why, could.
1: Why would you have brandy? No one's like, going to order well, exactly. a brandy unless you're 90 years old. It's like having sherry. Yeah. Like it... uh, yeah. Obviously, cognac uh, much more widely consumed. But even like this is how. Just to give you an idea, um, the last time that I that I had a, a lot of cognac, I think I mentioned this before on the podcast. But it just coincidentally from this Hennessy that I'm drinking, um, when I when they launched this Master's Distiller whatever Hennessy in let's say november or, or december they had an event where they brought in maurice hennessy who is like the great 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 grandson of mm-hmm. the guy who founded hennessy like hundreds and hundreds of years ago and he's like a old french dude who is extremely <laughs> classy and he runs hennessy and they brought him in from like his vineyard in france oh my God. in cognac france and um that he just came and we, we went to that cocktail bar um Like, the hidden cocktail bar behind uh, Oysters Champagne, whatever it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Coffee, Oysters, and Champagne. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I always forget the name of the bar behind there. But there's, like, a secret bar, a secret cocktail bar, which is really nice. (laughs) um, Which someone in your comedy troupe works at. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, And so, yeah, so that it's a cool bar. Anyway, they it was, of course, because it was a cognac launch, and they had invited select members of the media to come, you know, have lunch with this Maurice Hennessy, which was great. It was really cool to meet him, and he was lovely. Uh, We drank an absolute ton of (laughs) Hennessy. (laughs) And when we arrived, they were serving cocktails, but they were only serving cocktails with Hennessy. They were not serving uh, a singer. They Mm -hmm. were serving, like, is it a sidecar? A sidecar is cognac. Yeah, Yeah, they were serving sidecars, and they were serving basically anything you can think of (laughs) that has Mm -hmm. cognac in it. That's what they could make. That was their menu. I think they probably just asked the bartenders, like, what can you make with this? They didn't make a singer. I th- maybe huh. it was just considered they didn't want it to seem old-fashioned or something.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know if there is a nice, high-quality, top-shelf, fancy version of creme de menthe. I mean, there must be, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I was
1: gonna say there isn't, but there must be. But either way, it's not yeah. something like it's not something that these people saw fit <laughs> to mm-hmm. use their Hennessy with.
2: Right.
1: Um, and we did like a cognac tasting, and again, sidecar kept coming up, other cocktails kept coming up, but mm-hmm. but. Uh, no stinger. Yeah. Sadly.
0: Sidebar? I, sidecar, sidebar. Uh, I bet that guy can get a reservation in any restaurant on planet Earth. If he was just kind of like called them up and he was like, oh yeah, the name is Maurice. Hennessy? Hennessy.
1: I yes. mean, he's also like a multi-millionaire.
0: Yeah, of course, of course. But like very few multi-millionaires, other than being famous in and of themselves, have such a famous last name Yes. in the food and beverage industry.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. <laughs> so just complete, again, sidebar, mm-hmm. sidebar to your sidebar, mm-hmm. we were mentioning the Branca Menta. Um, last year, I wrote an article about uh, Fernet Branca, specifically, I've probably mentioned this to you before, but specifically about uh, Fernet Branca, if anyone doesn't know, Fernet Branca is in Amaro. It's really, really good. It has an extremely let's say, divisive taste. Mm-hmm. It's very. You don't even like it, right? Yeah.
0: No, it's, it's fine. I don't have any... I wouldn't necessarily... You prefer
1: Montenegro or, or Yeah, it's whatever. not the
0: most easy drinking It's, it's not a easy. It's very herbaceous it's, It is
1: very herbaceous. I love it, but it's very strong, and it has a very distinct taste. Um, but I was in Los Angeles at uh, Asteria Matza. Mm-hmm. Uh... Joe's restaurant from MasterChef.
0: I was going to say Joe Manganiello. That's not right. The guy from... Joe Joe Bastianich.
1: Joe Bastianich's restaurant in in West Hollywood in October. And I got to talking to the bartender about Amaro's, and we had an Amaro tasting. And uh, he got telling me about the fact that Fernet Branca gives out these kind of medallions. Mm -hmm. We call them Fernet Branca coins. Mm -hmm. And this is all wrapping up full circle here. They're inspired by... The, the pilot, the like World War II pilot tradition of having coins that signify the missions you flew or the campaigns you flew. And there was an old game of going to a bar, like a military bar, and presenting your coin to the table. And if you presented one, mm-hmm. the people there had to stand you a drink. Hmm. But if they presented the same coin mm-hmm. back to you like they'd flown the same mission or Mm -hmm. whatever, then you would have to stand them a drink. And this Mm -hmm. is like an old military thing, but pilot specifically. So Fernet Branca has the exact same thing. They started this like 50 years ago or something where Fernet Branca makes these coins. They have these beautiful, beautiful logos. And you can win them as a bartender by doing bartending competitions that they host where they have, you know, best cocktail, best drink, whatever. And the winner of the competition will get one of these coins. So they're very, very hard to come by. And he was telling me, you know, every bartender who's a serious bartender who wants one of these things, if they mm-hmm. have one, they always carry it on them. Mm-hmm. Because if you were a bartender who has one and you go mm-hmm. into any bar, again, any serious bar mm-hmm. in the world and you present this coin, they have to stand you a drink. Mm-hmm. But if the bartender presents it back to you, you have to stand the bar a drink. Oh, my God. And so I was like, this is amazing. I have to write about this. I'm super fascinated. Like, two days later, three days later, I was in Halifax, uh, Nova Scotia, for those of us uh, who are not Canadian. And I went to what had been reputed to be Halifax's best cocktail bar, which was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And I was drinking a cocktail and uh, told the person I was with about this story. And, I, and they were really intrigued. They didn't really know much about liquor, but they were intrigued. This bartender comes up to our table to like refresh our drinks. And he says to the bartender, do you have one of these uh, fernet something or other coins? And the bartender just pulls out the coin and slaps <laughs> it on the table and is like, you mean one of these? And he had a fully bl- full-blown had a fernet bronca coin.
0: Oh, my God. And he said he
1: was probably the only person in Halifax who has one. He was mm-hmm. actually the bar manager of this bar. Mm-hmm. And so he had this fernet bronca coin. And, uh, so the point being, what, where was I going with this? What was the whole point of this story?
0: Well, I don't know. You were saying that it ties back to the the pilots and that it's, that it's, a, an aperitif or it's, um, that it's a Namaro. I don't know exactly what the <laughs> point of this was.
2: This is a long way to We were talking about
0: bronca We were talking about, I don't know. It was all, yeah, it was yeah. all in there. So these
1: Frina Bronca coins, um, oh, my point was. This is so off the mark. I just had to tell this really long digressive story. The point was that I interviewed the guy who runs Furnit Branca today, mm-hmm. and his last name is Branca because he's also like the great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson of the guy who started Furnit Branca, wow. whose name is like Maurice Branca. They're Italian, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's in Amaro. Um, but same idea, this fa- family name. <laughs> These guys are like the like massive dynasties that have been around forever. So you got your Maurice Hennessy Mm
0: -hmm. and you have your,
1: I can't remember, Eduardo Branca. Eduardo Branca.
0: Wow. Yeah. That is really intense. And that's like, I'm also, I was even just today looking into starting to get any kind of like certification in the alcohol arts, um, such as like the WSET and the Prudhomme and that kind of thing. And I'm thinking, the, the more I'm listening to you talking about this, because you are not only an extremely curious person, but you are also an absolute, you have an encyclopedic memory I can't even remember
1: what I was talking about five
2: minutes yeah, ago. Yeah,
0: but you're all you're almost all the way through one of these stingers, so like that Fair. could have something to do with it. But I think, like, I just think this is so fascinating that uh, yeah, I, I I mean, what could be more fun than going around and learning all the history and the art behind all of these uh, kind of all, not ancient, but like <laughs> super, you know, yes, pers- uh, you know, esteemed and and uh, historied.
1: Uh, Historied.
0: Storied. <laughs> Look, you know what? You're not the only one. You talked the whole time. I just you chugged just my drink while you were talking.
1: Well, so yeah, just to that, that last point, um, we we should aspire to get one of these Fernet Bronca coins. This was why. This oh, is yeah, that was I've... my
0: point with all this learning. I was like, I've already been going, kind of working towards being like, I should get some sort of certification of knowing stuff about alcohol other than just kind of um, anecdotally. And through working in a couple of fun little, you know, modest bars and then occasionally going to a fancy cocktail bar and asking the bartender about something or another. Um, but now I'm going to make it my life's goal to get a, a, Bronca, a Fernet Bronca coin. Coin, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, so the, the, there's some rules around this, which is mm-hmm. you're not allowed to buy one. No,
0: of course you're not. You're not allowed to sell one. No, of course not.
1: You, you can give someone one. But you, it's, they stress the importance of what you're conferring upon the person who takes it. Because they mm-hmm. don't want anyone to have one unless they deserve it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, when I was writing this article, I had talked to some friends who were like, oh, maybe they'll send you one or maybe they'll give you one. And I was like, well, it's not as simple as that. Mm-hmm. You need to earn it. And uh, But I was heartened to know that they said it doesn't. Have to just be bartenders because if you prove sufficiently your affection for Puerto Branca, you can somehow acquire one in other mm-hmm. ways.
0: <laughs> um, well, this is the thing. This is a, I need to get a little bit more know-how in order to be a, an esteemed bartender that could even enter into such a like the pros the prospective um, opportunity to get one of these, and so that's what I'm commi- committing to do. But I think that you would argue that I have a decent palate and. Yeah, you know, absolutely. For yeah. Making flavors and stuff. Yeah,
1: and I think they said that there's there's something like 200
0: mm-hmm. of these
1: per territory. Mm. But the territory is like Asia, yeah. <laughs> like North <laughs> America, or like the West Coast. Yeah. So there's not a lot. There's not a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, if you if you have a Fernet Bronca coin and you're listening to this uh, mm-hmm. podcast, you know, drop us a line. Right. Let us know how you got it.
0: Now, quick last question. If I murder someone with a friend, Fernet Bronco coin, <laughs> you acquire do, the power. I, do I acquire their Fernet Bronca coin as yeah. their rightful uh, killer? I mean, I, I assume so. Yeah. I
1: okay. assume so.
0: That's probably easier, probably.
1: It's probably like the Jet Li movie, The One, in that mm. every person that you kill with a Fernet Bronco coin, you, you exponentially increase the value of it.
2: I'm
0: going to get so many Fernet Bronco coins.
1: <laughs> well, well. Um, that is everything this, I had that was 50% not about the singer but yeah hopefully
0: this can't oh. be used against me in court right <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you kill a bunch of people yes mm-hmm.
0: well should I sing us off uh yeah you can sing Here's to the ladies who lunch aren't they a guess i don't know all Why, the words you but I'm gonna... it like
1: lunch lady doris
0: i think it's accurate Here's to the women who eat I don't know all the words.
1: You don't clearly know <laughs> more than the first line.
0: They drink wine. No. They live in the upper west side. No. Rise.
1: Yes, that is
0: And Rise. We'll 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 end there.
1: Here's Thank you for tuning in <laughs> once again and listening to our depraved ramblings. Hmm.
0: Is to the podcast who drink, <laughs> drinking every day.
2: <laughs> I got a brand new sweetie, better than the one before. Oh, she's got everything and a little bit more.